much. I enjoy listening to your testimonies. Anyway, good morning. Maybe we better start there. Huh? Well, it's an exciting day as you think of the kids program here after a bit too. Uh, <clears throat> and Dean ran off a few copies of this morning's outline in case there's someone who didn't bring theirs like you promised last week on peace. So, not to embarrass you, but if you need one, Dr. Dean, that bishop right there, has got one for you. So just raise your hand and we'll get them to you. In the meantime, while he's passing those out, why do Norway's naval ships have barcodes on their hulls? So that when they come back, you know, it's easy to scan the Navy in. Scan the Navy in. That's pretty good, Tiffany. I hope he brings you out for, you know, takes you out for lunch or something, being that sharp. Well, that's right. That's right. Well, okay, you guys are just too sharp for me. I don't know. You know, I thought of asking you, who built uh, King Arthur's uh, knights, you know, the Knights of the Round Table? Who built that? Do you know? Circumference, yeah. Carol, are you, are you calling her and giving her the beforehand? I think so. I think so. The, the only one I got left is how old is Mel? Not going to tell. Good for you. Good for you. Turn to Luke chapter 2. And uh, I enjoyed listening again to your testimonies and today's wonderful words of Great words of Christmas, of course, is peace. And uh, many of the verses that you shared are just wonderful verses and promises uh, that the Lord has uh, for his people. Uh, <clears throat> but there's a statement in one of the angels' pronouncement to the shepherds that uh, precipitated a song. So I tell you what we're going to do. Keep your finger in Luke and turn to 531 in your songbook. 531. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote this. He was a very famous poet. In fact, he wrote one of my favorite poems about uh, the North Shore of Lake Superior, which is where we went on our honeymoon, and we're, we're of course, Minnesota transplants. And by the way, I did see the sweatshirt that said Green Bay on it. Now, I don't mind Green Bay, but see, I don't like Dallas. That's why I brought it up last week. But my wife does not like Green Bay. Do you? Do you still have that shirt that says, what does it say again? 
anyone who plays uh, against Windows. She's got a shirt that says that. Did you hear her? I didn't hear any amens on that one. So uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, one of his most famous poems. I don't know where he is at spiritually, but I love this song. We're going to sing this at the end because I want to see a, a great progression there. He wrote the song of Hiawatha. The first songbook I picked up didn't have it either. It went right from 528 to 532. Oh. Anyway, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and uh, <clears throat> he gets to verse 3. And in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to, toward men. If you listen to the news and you know what's going on in the world, you would say the same thing as Henry Wadsworth Longfellow penned. But listening to your testimonies, you know the key to peace, and I appreciate that uh, so much. But in Luke 2, verse 13, very familiar passages, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and then this statement, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So someone mentioned 200 and some times um, that peace was mentioned in the Old Testament, and it's <coughs> the total in the Bible is about 400. That includes the new. So if you're taking notes, uh, peace. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. I don't know where I picked this up. Uh, but I told the, cold, the the thing in my chest uh, this morning that it wasn't welcome. But anyhow. Anyway, it's a, it's a great prophetic passage that we hear at Christmas. Do you remember Isaiah 9, 6? And we can we can look at that if you like, but I, I think you know it. It says, and his name, excuse me, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And then this, the Prince of Peace. Well, so that... Uh, this calls Jesus the Prince of Peace. Here's what peace is not. It is not the absence of adversity. And sometime in this new year, if I'm still preaching here, um, we want to look at what does the Bible say about the winds of adversity for a Christian? What are the purposes of that? Well, it's not the absence of adversity. Jesus made two statements, and you folks read them in your testimonies. Uh, two statements to his people, John 14, 27, and John 16, <clears throat> and uh, verse 37. But the 14, 27, let me read that one to you, because that one was, I think, just very special. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. The world doesn't know this. Only those who are born again 
Those who know Jesus and have been regenerated in their heart, that's called salvation. That's whom Jesus is talking about. When he talked to his disciples, he said, my peace I give to you, not like the world. And uh, so we say praise the Lord for that. But I want to leave you <coughs> with three things about peace this Christmas that you probably already know, but we'll go through it. And then when we close the service, I'm going to give you my favorite verse that tells me why I have peace, okay? And it has nothing to do with Christmas as such, and yet it has all to do with Christmas. Three things every believer should know about peace. Number one, peace comes as a result of reconciliation with God. You remember, don't you? Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, a chastisement for our peace was upon him. And so Romans 5.1 says the same thing. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you're reconciled to God through Christ, when you come to know Jesus and you're born again, the Holy Spirit regenerates you. You become a child of God. He comes to indwell you and live within you. And then you walk with the Lord and you fulfill His purpose uh, for, uh, for your life. But it all comes back to peace comes as a result of reconciliation. You know what that word means, don't you? Reconciliation. Back, back when they had TV, television with tubes. Remember that? Tubes. And you'd call a TV repairman when one of them went out, and he'd come over with his case, and he'd take the back of the TV off. And, and uh, a guy named Prosser was our TV repairman. <clears throat> but before he did that, there are certain buttons. You know, sometimes the picture was this way. Sometimes the picture kept rolling. Do you remember that? And uh, now we're giving away our age, because the first TV I ever saw was on a was on a... I don't know what you call it, a, a stand, great big wooden stand, and the picture was only about this big. Yeah, that was 1955, I think, 56. Anyway, but before he would replace tubes, he would take those buttons and try to adjust the picture. An adjustment of the difference is what reconciliation means. You and I were out of whack with God. We were separated because of sin, but through Christ, we can be reconciled. Has the kind of connotation of being, here's you and here's God. See, when you sinned, you turned your back on God. God could not look on sin, but God sent His Son that first Christmas, to be reconciled to the world. So he's turned his, through the gospel, he's turned toward you. And then when you come to know Christ, you are reconciled to him. 
and you have peace with God, and right in the middle is the cross. And so every believer needs to know peace comes first as a result of reconciliation. Number two, number two, peace of, of God must be two things, nourished by the word of God, Psalm 119, 165. Nourished by the word of God. If you're going to try to live your life without the, the Holy Spirit ministering to you through the word, you're going to have a lot of lack of peace. You nourish it. Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace have they who love thy law or thy word, and nothing shall offend them. So I encourage you and challenge you, get ready to read through the Bible this coming year. Uh, oh, I just, yesterday morning I sat down and my Bible reading, I read through the book of Ephesians. It flooded my heart with three chapters of solid doctrinal truth of what it means to be in Christ. And then three chapters of how to live out those wonderful doctrinal truths. We have to nourish it by the word of God if we want the peace of God. Okay. It's also connected with trust. Some of you have mentioned that in your testimony. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God shall keep your hearts and minds. Is there anything left of my voice? Can you hear me? If I get up here, you can. Third. Third thing every believer needs to know about peace, the Christian is to practice peace. Now, I want you to see Philippians 4, 9, and I don't remember who uh, mentioned uh, peace, <clears throat> practicing peace. I don't remember in a testimony, somebody did. In Philippians 4, 9, everybody's familiar with, uh, you know, 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing, all that. But in Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, Paul said this. He said, These things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. So there's a practicing peace. Two ways you practice peace this Christmas. Are you ready? Not thinking of candy canes yet, are you? The O stands for outwardly. Now, somebody mentioned in your testimonies, Romans 12, 18, which said, If it be possible, as much as lieth within you, live peace with all men, with everybody. So we practice peace. Now, do you see what that Bible says? It says, as much as possible. There are times because we are hated in this world, for the most part, <laughs> not so much, <laughs> excuse me, in Nebraska, but uh, there's plus, it's in Nebraska too. But the world does not like you because it didn't like Christ, it rejected him. And there's going to be times where it's just impossible to, to live peaceably. Somebody thinks you've offended them, and no matter what you have tried to do, maybe even between believers, that there's sometimes peace is impossible, but you keep that peace with God knowing that you did your part. As much as possible, live peaceably with everybody. Doesn't mean compromise. Okay? 
You don't compromise truth. That doesn't bring peace. That brings confusion. Amen? Third, uh, oh, uh, outwardly and then inward, inwardly, Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. So, I'm going to close here because I'm losing voice and everything, but I, I want to, the last part of your, your notes talks about our text, Peace on Earth. Uh, <clears throat> peace on Earth in our main text is yet to come. When Jesus Christ returns to earth. I have a friend named Roger Campbell, and he wrote a poem. I think I read this to you at one time called On Earth Peace. He mentioned uh, his struggle with what the angels said. Where is this peace on earth that rang so sweetly on the Bethlehem hills? And he said, I found this peace is at the cross. Where all our sins on Christ was laid, he said, for while he suffered untold loss, the sinner's peace with God was made. He said, I found it also at his throne, for Christ who died now also lives. And as I've met him there alone, I've known the peace the Savior gives. And then this final word he said, Someday the world will know real peace, for Christ will come as king to reign. Creation then will find release, and on earth peace will ring again. So, if you're taking your notes, here's God's special promise to the world. Okay? Turn to Isaiah chapter 2, verse 4. When it talks about this prophetic verse about the coming Messiah... This was written as a promise to the whole world. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. When he returns, that's going to happen. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Catch it now. Catch it. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Do I hear an amen to that? Won't that be wonderful? When you don't have to turn on the news and listen to this maniac who killed 10 Jews bragging about it to his mother on the cell phone that he took from one of his victims. By the way, you know what his mother said? After he said, I killed 10 Jews today. This was on October 7th. You know what his mother said? His mother said, May Allah be with you. Sick. And someday all this garbage will be done away with. That's God's promise to the whole world. They will not learn war anymore. And then God's special promise to the Christian was mentioned by one of you. And I think it was Gene. Am I right, Dean? In Isaiah 26.3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. What a beautiful thing. Here's the key phrase. The Lord is in control. And most of you said that. You don't know how blessed I am here. Whose idea was this? I don't know, but I love it. I love it. And of course, after 
almost 50 years of ministry, it's a little late for me to think of it now after I see that. I would have loved to have known that. I would have had every congregation I've been involved in do the same thing. I love it. Keep it up. The Lord is in control now and in the coming year. You know why I know that? 2 Thessalonians 3.16, allow me to read it for you. Paul said, but if I'm delayed, I write to you that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. And that's not the one. So we'll try it again. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. I hear it is. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. The Lord of peace. I love that. Now, I'm going to close with this. You know why I have peace in my own heart? My testimony today is found in Psalm 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That's why I can have peace, because he's in charge of his sheep, and I'm one of them. The Lord is my shepherd. That's why I can have peace. Of course, it all goes back to the cross. We're reminded of that in Colossians, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Well, on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. There is peace through Christ, but someday there'll be peace in the world. And the angel's words will be fulfilled. Now let's stand and sing. I want you to sing, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. And there's five verses. Now pay attention to the words because he gets frustrated about the middle of that song. And then he realizes the truth of who God is and his promises. So let's stand and sing, I heard the bells.